so guys, when I was watching this movie, there was just I'm guessing I'm not the only one. There was just one lyric that was stuck in my head the entire time. Uh, from from Sir Mix a lot. Absolutely, yep. My anaconda don't want none unless, unless you, you got buns, hon. Yep. So well, and there was the there was the Nicki Minaj song Anaconda that sampled that too. Oh, uh, that's true. I mean, let's let's just give it to Mix a lot for uh, rhyming none with hun. <laughs> In a way, he was the one who casted J Lo. Yeah, yeah. And I, exactly. And you know, you don't become a serve for no reason. You don't get yeah, knighted for no reason. You don't get knighted. <laughs> Listeners, welcome to a new episode of the Midnight Boys present a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my monkey blood-soaked friends, Joe and Duff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready to just coil myself around this movie and suck the life out of it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and, you know, this is a, this is kind of a, this is a, this is, on the website, I know people love going to the website, uh, it, we have... This is going to fit in two different spots, guys. It's going to go into um, summer of 1997 because mm-hmm. this movie kind of comes out comes out in 97, not quite summer, but it, whatever. It's we can a make spi- our own a spiritual, spiritual. Uh, edition. <laughs> yep, and it's going to go into the old listener request section because oh, yeah. uh, we got and you know we break our own rules. We have Roger from Roadhouse Minute asked to do this movie and. Uh, he also was like, hey, can I come on? And I was like, hey, man, you got a podcast. You had us on your podcast. Here he is. So, Roger, thanks so much for uh, letting us – getting giving me the opportunity to watch Anaconda. Well, thanks, Rob. Uh, and I heard that you had not seen this movie before I somehow paid you guys to be my friends. Is that true? Yeah, I had not seen it. I, I hadn't last seen it was either. First time. All so I have to say to you folks is you're welcome. I mean – I had last seen it on like a dollar movie night when it came out, and so I I remembered liking it. But I, as, as memorable as it is, and I mean that sincerely, I I somehow didn't remember a lot of it. So I'm assuming I spent most of the movie goofing around with my friends and not really paying attention to it. Just uh, one thing, Rob. Though I've just found this rare South American wasp in my throat. So is it okay <laughs> if I just lay down for an hour while you guys finish the podcast without me? Is that All okay? Right. I'll yeah, get my yeah, pocket knife. Can- periodically show up from time to time and I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> this this movie will also fit into our, I'm predicting, little loved Eric Stoltz ret- retrospective. <laughs> yes. I. This cast, we're going to get to this cast. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening here. Uh, but first, let's, let's jump into, let's just kind of set the scene again for the summer of 97. We, it's been a couple years since we did one of these. We originally did um, Con Air, My Best Friend's Wedding, Conspiracy Theory, G.I. Jane, and Speed 2 Cruise Control. Uh, Joe and Duff, how many of those did you actually remember us doing? <laughs> if you had asked me to name to name them off the top of my head, I would have probably remembered Speed and Con Air. I had totally forgotten we did G.I. Jane. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot we did Speed 2. I to- Speed 2 is one I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We talked about Speed 2. 
Uh, yeah, so we did that, uh, and so we will we will talk about this in the con- in the in the the 1997 framework. But before we do anything, and and Roger, you are the anaconda expert here, so please, as always, jump in if there's anything I'm missing in the plot synopsis of Anaconda. That's a lot of pressure, but okay, Rob. All right. So, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of make this easy, but the, the big thing is we've got a film crew. Do they say it's National Geographic, or is that just implied? I'm not sure, but for, for all intents and purposes, yes, it's National Geographic. It could and be so, one of those situations like in Jaws where they just want to get themselves into the National Geographic. You know, they'd like yeah. that, wouldn't they? Like, yeah, I'd like to think National Geographic has sort of a runs a tighter ship, literally than that. <laughs> uh, so this this filmmaking crew is going to go to the Amazon and uh, up, they're going to try finding some long lost tribe. And the the we got it's basically it starts off with a Werner Herzog premise. Yeah, like, yeah. So Rob, I don't want to derail your summary right oh, away, no, but um, can we just talk for a minute about? Either A, the crawl that appears at the beginning of this movie, oh, it's yes. one of the strangest oh. things I've ever seen, um, <laughs> or what I think is maybe the weirdest cold open in a movie with, of all people, Danny Trejo. <laughs> Before well, he see, was really a household name, right? Well, as I mean, very few of the actors in this movie actually are household names, but we'll get to that, I guess, when we get to the cast. Yeah. I, well, they I are will now. Say, Some of them are now. Right, uh, but they oh, weren't then. There are only like ten people in this movie, and Owen Wilson didn't make the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, the crawl. That we learned the important fact that uh, fact. I'm using fact in quotations because I'm not sure how uh, <laughs> <laughs> if this is a fact. But apparently, anacondas are so vicious that once they eat you, they will then regurgitate you to eat you again. Yeah, that's actually not true since you've deputized <laughs> me as your anaconda expert. But I will yeah. tell you, if you Google do anacondas regurgitate their food, don't do that because the first link that comes up is a link to an article that says, shocking moment, giant anaconda regurgitates a whole cow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it did it? I'm not going to watch that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, so we learned that. We learned that. And then we also... Uh, jump in. We have a cold open of Danny Trejo, who is just like alone on a shack, and he starts like essentially hearing that there's a snake, assuming an anaconda, considering the title of this movie, nearby. And I kind of like this. He kind of first think he's trying to escape and he's gonna get killed by a snake, and instead he just he just kills himself because he doesn't want to. No one wants to get eaten and regurgitated. A snake so powerful that nails are just flying out of the floor. <laughs> I like the cold open. It rocks. No, I, I do too. It, it lets you know right away what you're getting into. And, and I think it's needed because, like, there, it takes a little bit for action to kind of kick in. And I mean, let me, okay, first off, let me say this, Roger. Let me tell you what, and it, it, listeners will know this, what made me very excited about this movie when you said that, when you know, when you asked us to watch it. And that is, it is a incredibly tight 89 minutes. Yeah. That uh, satisfies the lump cut rule. Yep, which is any snake movie needs to be under 90 minutes. That's one of my rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you go I mean, over 90 co- with snakes, it's too long. The cold open, like, it, uh, it's functionally, like, the same as Jaws um, mm-hmm. opening. But mm-hmm. it's just like, we don't need to see people hanging out around a fire. Let's just get right to it. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it is like if, if you directed a remake of Jaws and you're like, all this stuff takes too long. Well, yeah. let's get going. 
And 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 one thing is like Jaws is like let's get the horny part over right away. This movie's like we'll get horny later. <laughs> oh yes, we will. Um, I actually think that that's a smart choice. Oh yeah, let's get yeah, horny we'll, later. <laughs> let's get horny later. <laughs> it, 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 the the person who made this was married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and is that Joe? Is, just... is that why the horny scene in this movie lasts about a minute and a half? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, let's get it over with before the kids wake up. And it, and it and it got uh, and it got delayed because someone decided to shoot a gun, which is the same as like we decided to play video games instead of getting horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I hate it this... when wild boars interrupt my lovemaking. It's the worst. <laughs> Don't you guys hate that when feral hogs interrupt your lovemaking? This... Joe, are you, I... are you speaking literally or metaphorically? Wild boar right now? is my is essentially describes my uh, bedroom. <laughs> oh my, oh, my god, life. dude. This... This movie had a boar on the floor, guys. You just run floor. into your wife as hard as you can and hope it fits. And hope that John Voight kills you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so uh, we're the crew, right? We're crew. The crew is uh, the director is played by is Terry, played by Jennifer Lopez. Uh, cameraman, played by Ice Cube. Um, which I wondered, did that inspire LL Cool J to be like, I'm doing a shark movie? I'm doing a creature movie too. A few years later, with um, it started a rapper's arms race. Yeah, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Uh, and and then we've got uh, uh, Owen Denise, Wilson. Owen Wilson as the sound guy and Denise's boyfriend. We've got uh, Jonathan Hyde as Warren Westridge, who's like the just the, the voiceover, the yeah, host? the on air <laughs> the on air talent, the sleazy boat owner from Titanic. Although I guess. When this movie came out, he had not yet uh, starred in that role. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we include Titanic, also he's in uh, The Mummy. Yep. Uh, and then we have uh, Eric Stoltz as the professor. And then we have the guy who I feel worse about in this whole thing. We Mateo? Have the, the, Mateo. Guy who looks, the guy who looks kind of like Fabio, but not really. Yeah, I kind of thought he looked like Lorenzo Lamas from Renegade. Oh, that's a better one. Or the guy yeah. who played the guy who played Hercules on TV. Oh, oh Kevin yeah. Sorbo. Uh, Matteo is like number one. Uh, not he doesn't really have any lines, and he looks like he's should be in a porno and just got mixed up on directions, and somehow he's, he's in this movie. <laughs> and he also like everyone just yells at him to do stuff all the time. Mateo, yeah. Mateo, go do this. Mateo. Also, like, he's, is he like the first, he's the captain of the boat, yet everyone's just yelling at him. Yeah, I don't get it. Poor Mateo, man. Yell that all the and time. Then, and then I believe he's the, after Danny Trejo, he's the first of this expedition to be uh, anaconda'd. Yes. Has Rep- any movie featured more suspicious, like, eyeline matches than this movie does for, like, that 15-minute stretch there where Mateo and, and John, uh, John Voight when he arrives, they're just constantly looking at each, make, giving each other eyes. Yes. It happens John at Voight. least 20 times. <laughs> John Rob, Voight. They pick up John Voight. Rob, did you, uh, just, did you, uh, did you name check Kari Wurr? I did I not. I did I, not. Kari Wurr. We I should, uh, I, I can't, we can't just, you know, walk past that. I'm sure I'm not the only person on this podcast who may have watched another movie in which she played, shall we say, a more starring role. Is it Eight-Legged Freaks? Uh, no, Rob. She did oh. look familiar the whole time, but I couldn't, Put my finger on. She's been in a lot of movies that only appeared on Skinamax. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you, you guys, you guys didn't know that. I was, I, I was gonna make a joke that she has big uh, Skinamax uh, energy, and I guess, I guess I was right. 
What was she in on Skinamax most or most famously? Just just make up four random adjectives, and I'm sure that there's a title that she's been in. Well, here's one: uh, "Sex in the Other Man." That one go. or "Beyond that, Desire." That one's not even trying. <laughs> like <laughs> "Red most... Blooded American Girl 2. I like that one as well. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. She had quite uh, quite the career after this doing that. Good for her. Um, also, I didn't realize there was a Hellraiser movie called Deader. Hellraiser, <laughs> Deader. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not even trying anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they're on the boat. They run across uh, John Voight as Paul Cerrone, who is like, a, <laughs> who is like a former priest, now a snake hunter, and he's from Paraguay. Ecuador. Yeah. Ecuador. Yes. Paraguay. He's from Paraguay. Okay. Uh, and they, he seems stranded and needs help, but we quickly learn that he's got ulterior motives. And uh, it is John Voight with a thick, let's say, Spanish accent. <laughs> what, yeah. Well, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to talk about John Voight at some point. Uh, it's an Academy Award-worthy performance, in I, my opinion. I, I legitimately have... like it. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Oh, it's yeah, it's. It's marvelous. Like we, you know, you talked about the eyeline matches. What percentage of this movie is just like, you know, like at the end of Boogie Nights when there's that long take of Mark Wahlberg just realizing his life has yeah, gone yeah. to pieces. That's like I'll say fifteen percent of this movie is just John Voight looking terrifyingly into the distance. Well, so what I have written down here in my notes is. John Voight seems to be method acting as a stroke victim for much of this movie. <laughs> that's um, that's if, actually shockingly close to my notes, which was Tommy Wiseau from The Room as Marlon Brando. If uh, if I can do a public service for your podcasters, so you know if they have all the kind of the classic symptoms of, of a stroke victim, uh-huh. uh, which is the acronym FAST. So oh, one of yeah. them is F for face sagging. That's a big check there. I don't know what his mouth is doing in this movie, but it's never on straight. It's it's droopy. <laughs> it's for the entire movie. Uh, arms, not so much with him. He appears to have superhuman strength for most of the movie. Uh, S is for speech being slurred. That big okay. check mark there. Uh, and then T is for time. How long have you been acting like this? Which for him is the whole movie. The entire journey. Yeah. Uh, do, okay. I also want to note that he is dressed like he works at Target. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's put, I mean, and here's the thing why I like about it. He's in a movie about a giant snake, right? It's a creature film. So like you, there should be the, if you're the villain, which he is, there's no reason not to play it like an, a literally over the top Bond villain. That's how you should do it. It's perfect. Yeah. The, I would say that the, I enjoyed this movie. The shortcomings of it are when, you know, you have the, it's kind of the typical slasher movie banter about like, is Mateo still out there? I bet he's dead. No, he's not dead. What should we do? And just, I'm like, oh, come on. But then luckily John Voight does something crazy and it it saves it. I want to note his body (laughs) because, and I, I, he, he, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he just sort of just looks like this at that age anyways, but he has the body of someone who is clearly very, very strong, mm-hmm. but doesn't work out. Yeah. Which you like, you can't fake that, really. I don't. I don't think he he has the body of someone on a chain gang. 
who didn't, yes, who like, didn't like like you got strong yeah. from manual labor. Like and, you and didn't from want hard. to get buff, you just had to. Uh, yes, that's a perfect way to put it. And I don't know if that's just Pearl the way... interrupted. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> well, that's you had to. You, your brain has to. Your 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 neural pathways have to connect in a couple different ways to get that. Um, he. He, it's interesting because this is the movie that he does right after Mission Impossible, which he also is very over the top in Mission Impossible. Yeah, he had quite a little mid '90s renaissance. Heat there. must have been right around this time too, heat, right? So Heat is '95, so it's Heat, yeah. Mission Impossible, and Anaconda. So that's that's a pretty good triple play. Yeah, after not really, I'm trying to think of stuff between like you know the, his '70s was his big heyday, but after that, like he kind of I don't know what he did. What did he do in the '80s? Uh, is there anything boy. coming to mind? Nothing. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I mean, John oh, well, Boyd is it, a perfect example of, like, this is not a criticism on him. It's just everyone. But, like, as you get older, there is no gender, right? You just turn into, like, <laughs> there's no way to tell. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, like once, like a man or woman, once they get, like, into their 80s, you can't tell if it's a man or woman. Like, if you drive by them in the <laughs> car, there's no way to know. <laughs> what? I've, I've. I've never had this. I I know what you're talking about. I didn't think of that with John Voight in this. You know, uh, not in this. Not now. I mean, not now he does. Not in this movie. But Rob, he's, he's starting the transition in this movie. But like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, he does have that ponytail. I can only I can only guess you were thinking of that during the scene where he jumps up and strangles Kari Wura with his legs, which I think is a '90s trope that got way overused. You don't really see that that often anymore, do you? Well, and. And in an amazing decision, can you name any other movie where that happens where it's not like a super attractive female? Because usually that's like how, like, uh, any you John know, Claude Van Damme movie, I guess. Uh, lethal, uh, lethal Weapon. Oh, does that yeah. happen in that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, my point was that in a, I think in the '90s that became like, oh, the sexy Bond girl is gonna strangle someone with their thighs or something, and someone's like, well, if John Voight did that. I just think at this point. Just with as men and women age and you get older, like no one can tell that it's just being like John Voight and Christopher Walken at this point. <laughs> I did. I, well, I both, will say that they're, I they're did. Both men. What do you? What do you mean? I did. Well, I just mean like just in general, like you're just just you just become just a, a mush of flesh. And I did think knows. that John Voight's accent kind of made him more sound like Christopher Walken in this at times. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, okay, we, we okay. So so back to the movie. Real quick, he uh, look. Big Snake kills people. John Voight is tr- is trying to yeah trying to capture the snake for money. That's that's it. That's it. The the things we need to know though, as we're talking about John Voight, is uh, as promised in the opening crawl. He does end up getting eaten by a snake, and then the snake <laughs> yeah throws him up right in front of J Lo. Yeah, and I w- he I want winks. to. I want to have been in the production meeting where they said to the special effects crew, okay, we need you to make a partially digested model of John Voight. <laughs> uh, it's, but I mean, it's, I, okay, so it's fun, man. It's really fun that he does yeah. it. And he, and the wink is, I wonder, like, was that in the script? Was that something he was like, oh, what if I wink? And they're like, go ahead, yeah. John Voight. You so, should wink. Which do we think is more disgusting? Watching John Voight head down the gullet of the anaconda from like esophagus cam or him coming out the other end or coming out the mouth? 
I think it's the it's absolutely the throat cam, which is disgusting, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, when all I, of a sudden you're it was inside so the snake. Cool. <laughs> it, I mean, that's like in you know, it's like when Vince Gilligan would do weird stuff in Breaking Bad. All of a sudden, it's like it's like all of a sudden we are literally the point of view of a snake's uvula, and I'm here for it 100. percent And they only do it one time, which is like when it happens, you're like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna say the 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 throat cam adjacent scene is the scene where we literally see the outline of Owen Wilson like inside of the snake yeah. as it crawls off screen. I spent the whole movie hoping we would have uh, a shot like that where we saw a human body outline inside the anaconda, and not only did they do it, but they did it underwater. God yeah. bless. God bless them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we talk about uh, John Voight in this movie. Does anyone have a line delivery of his that they enjoyed more than any other one? Um, the, he, I can't remember what he's responding to exactly. Like somebody says something like, um, this is scary or, um, or this is dangerous or something. And he just goes, oh, you, oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I, I can't yeah. remember what he's responding what, to. And what's the, what's Rob, the I've, got, I've got one for you if you don't mind. Sure. Should I should I do it in my John Voight voice? If you have a John Voight voice in your if you have well, a John I, voice, I, use I it. I will. I have a Paul Cerrone. I will attempt Paul Cerrone, where he goes, "This this river can kill you a thousand ways." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mine is when he says early on, uh, when he says about salad would be perfect, little baby bird. Okay. I, <laughs> so I was gonna bring up that, and I couldn't remember what it was, but. That he keeps calling J Lo Baby Bird. <laughs> no, he no, he calls uh, the Carrie Wurra character. Oh, okay. Baby Bird. But yep. but it becomes a thing. He says it about ten times. Like, hey, mm-hmm. Baby Bird, <laughs> <laughs> little Baby Bird. I'm whenever someone asks if I want salad, I'm, I'm I I just want to put this in my head to say salad would be perfect, little Baby Bird. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like he says that to her after like five minutes of meeting her. It's yeah. like after he's been like saved and they offer him food. <laughs> he calls her little uh, baby bird. It's almost thing- like it's almost like women in Hollywood don't often get a lot of respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on that note, I wanted to bring up, uh, we talked a little bit how uh, things get horny in this movie, but about 10 minutes in it, we have Owen Wilson like, the jungle always makes me horny. And, and what's her face is like, yeah, it does. And they just start making out. So doesn't I, I well, here's weirdly i love that scene because it reminded me and like i said a big part of the season of 97 is like movies that we you know we've talked about where we were 13 or 14 when they came out 15 maybe and um like there's a horniness <laughs> that exists in movies still in 97 and uh i just feel like it's. I just enjoyed the like overt horniness that this movie has. Uh, it's you know it's it's pre nine eleven. Everyone everything wasn't so dour. Everyone yeah. was just horny. Yes, <laughs> the towers, the, the the destruction of the towers really destroyed. I mean, horniness. you know now. I mean, now it's either everything is like super dark and dour, or the other half of the coin is Disney owns everything and it's just you can't be horny. Yeah. Yeah. That scene also has the fabulous Owen Wilson line where he says, do you hear that? All that silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and that's the scene where we talk about the wild boar that uh, yeah. gets saved. They get cock-blocked by a wild boar. Hmm. Uh, we also, uh, we're going to talk about 
uh, we've already mentioned Jaws a few times, but the first time the anaconda is actually seen, which is which is you know halfway through the movie, they do the Jaws shot with J Lo. Yeah, sort of like. And which, also, I'm pretty sure it's a direct nod to Jaws when you have uh, John Voight with the the line in the water doing the tick 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 thing. I'm mm. pretty. I mm. I'm pretty sure that's from Jaws. It's. When Another one works quite as well as it does in Jaws. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> yeah, but it's, quite. it's fun still. Uh, also, before we move too far on, this is the second movie, guys, in within like a month or two of recording, where a uh, the kangaroo is mentioned, which is the the parasite that uh, allegedly goes into your pee hole. Yep. <laughs> uh, we talked about that with the rundown. Also shows up in this movie, which made me think. Is this talked about in a lot of movies and I never noticed? No, it's really just these two movies. <laughs> just two random jungle movies. I don't understand. <laughs> I can't believe that, like, within a short amount of time, I think within, like, three episodes on our feed, we've talked about two movies that talk about this kangaroo. Roger, we've already discussed the kangaroo a lot. Do you have any uh, candid kangaroo thoughts? Well, that, I just uh, have a, a question for you, Rob. Um, so which would you... Which would you prefer, um, having a close encounter with a kangaroo or having someone pull off and then throw away your boot? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, folks. That's a really that's a really niche inside joke to our episodes on Roadhouse Minute. But I'm just trying to establish your sort of ladder of misfortune. Okay, so if like so, the the idea of a kangaroo being something that in the movies that will actually go inside my urethra and kill me or like cause big issues. I would rather have my boot thrown out. But if it's a real kangaroo, which we know doesn't do that, I'd choose a kangaroo any minute. Which, which would you take the kangaroo or having your throat ripped out? <laughs> the kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Duff, I think I would go for the non-fatal one of those two choices. The, the real question I thought is if the kangaroo was real, in the way it's talked about, would you rather deal with the kangaroo or be in the water for five seconds and know the anaconda's around? Hmm. So there's a ch- uh, so just you, five seconds. Uh, yeah, but it's coming towards you as you're swimming to that boat. You got to make it. I mean, the kangaroo. I guess I have a chance. Whereas if that that uh, that anaconda gets me, it's just gonna squeeze me to death. No, not not this swimmer. anaconda. I mean, they say in this movie that anacondas are forty feet long. Like the average anaconda is about fifteen to seventeen feet. So they only were over that by about twice. That's just classic masculinity. I mean, you know, estimations. The in, in Jaws, I think it's twenty five feet, and that's it would be like the longest great white shark ever. I do not care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know the the bigger the better. Um, I want to jump into the the box office performance of this movie before we jump into the cast because I find it very interesting. Um, as I said, it's a bit of a cheat because in 1997 this movie came out in uh, April. But whatever, it's fine. Uh, it was the 23rd biggest movie of 1997, which is, like, pretty impressive. It was... Especially because it's the type of movie where there's not huge expectations and... You know, this movie did not have a huge budget. Yeah, I had a forty-five million dollar budget according to Wikipedia, which has to be true. That's decent, um, but it's, it's you know, but it's not the type of movie where, you know, we've talked about like Last Action Hero, where 
there'll just be a huge marketing blitz for it. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and this is 97, right? So CGI is still super expensive. So allegedly, every second of, this, of the Anaconda that we see, the CGI version of the Anaconda, is $100,000. So that's, you know, this isn't coming to the cast as much as probably just the special effects budget. Um, Notably much cheaper were the scenes with the actual anaconda and some of which you can actually see the wires pulling it in one direction or another that aren't actually edited out. I enjoy, I'm all in for the the animatronic. That was the other thing. I mentioned a sub 90 minute movie. The other thing that excited me is when the credits rolled and it was like animatronics by it. I was like, oh, animatronic snake. <laughs> I, I, excited. I, yeah, I thought that the, the animatronic snake looked way better than look cgi ages we all know that but this this age is poorly like when the you know when the snake is you get a, a a wide angle shot and you see like um the snake is in the air or something and god this movie sounds crazy if you haven't seen it but <laughs> <laughs> you should see it i really really enjoyed yeah. it yeah me too. um uh but yeah i mean it's it's some pretty poor cgi but luckily it's used sparingly it is you, Springley, and it goes back, and I've, you know, the only thing I think I learned in our Titanic Minute podcast is, like, that James Cameron thing about, like, switching, you know, when you're using special effects, switching the different types of effects so that the audience doesn't realize it so much. Like, there are CGI shots, and they don't age great, but they're very quick, and then you pretty much immediately go to something that's practical, and I yeah. feel like that saves it a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, I... What I else agree. Are you gonna do you know? Well, yeah, and a lot of it is understandable that it's hard. You know, it's easy for close-ups and things like that, but it's really hard to have a you know a long shot where the snake is rapidly coiling around someone. It's hard to do that with a live-action snake or yeah. like an animatronic. Or to have it jump off a waterfall. Or yeah, or to, or to have it light on fire and then fall from a tower. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this came out uh, April uh, April 11th through 17th, its first week. It uh, debuted at number one on the box office. It passed it up. This is my favorite part about looking at these uh, these box office numbers. It passed up Liar Liar in The Saint that week. The Saint. The Saint. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> that was then, the, uh, the Val Kilmer movie, The yep, Saint. Yep. And then week two, it stays at number one. And it holds off. Here's going to be another flashback. Murder at 1600 debuted that week, but only at number three. So, oh, that's yeah. a Wesley Snipes movie, <laughs> Wesley isn't it? Wesley Snipes, yeah. Then the third week in theaters, it drops to number four. Um, but it, it reason is is Liar Liar moved up to number three. That was like a huge hit. And then Volcano and Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion came out, which knocked it to number three. Uh, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Volcano. If I hadn't paid for you guys to talk about this movie, I might have picked that one. It's so bad, it's good. I, That's a Lee Jones one, right? If it, yeah. if it, if it didn't okay. take itself so damn seriously, that movie would be ten times more enjoyable. I know I saw it in the theater, and I can't remember a damn thing. Uh, Romeo and Michelle is good, too. That's and a legit good movie. It would stay in the top ten. You know, Like I said, it came out in mid-April. It would stay in the top ten until the end of May. So does something um, with Nick Cage bump it off then? I don't remember all the things that that bumped it off, but well, a little movie over July Fourth weekend called Men in Black came oh, in black and also pushed yeah. it down the list. You, you would have had the Jurassic Park 
Uh, oh, Lost World. Yeah, Lost yeah. World was the big Memorial Day movie that year. And um, Con Air is in the theaters for five weeks at that point, too. And then, so overall, number 23, 65 million. It was behind um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Dante's Peak, and The Empire Strikes Back re-release. Uh, it was ahead of In and Out, The Fifth Element, and Michael. <laughs> so, Man, uh, a lot, lot of Travolta that year. A lot of Travolta. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was a it was a hit. There's been sequels since. We won't. I mean, I don't think. And no, nothing I've read says the sequels are worth the time. A lot Roger, of lot you, of direct to video stuff, I believe. Have you explored the sequels of Anaconda? I have not. No. What? Yeah. They're right uh, up there with the Matrix sequels. They should have never been made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the cast. We talked a lot about John Voight. We have Jennifer Lopez in this movie, and this isn't this isn't her first starring role, is it? No, no. but she, she's not a she is not a star at this point, really. Well, the she, well, the I, only she, the she only done, bank. She, she had done the Selena movie. That was like her big breakout. That's that was, true. That's that true. Was, but that came out this same year, I think. It did. Oh, yeah, it really? Did. So, so yeah. they, people did not know her from Selena. Honestly, the only movie she'd been in before this that you would recognize is Money Train. I like Money Train, too. I have to revisit Money Train, but I have good memories of Money is Train. Is Money Train like Money Plane? <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, a Money Plane. It's, 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 another, like, uh, it's another buddy cop movie with a, you know, uh, with the, the black cop and the white cop, and it's uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Oh, that movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Man, so, Wesley, yeah, the- Wesley Snipes was really having a moment at this time, right until he started evading taxes. Yeah, this, <laughs> I mean, this was kind of his peak stardom era. Kind of meshes, meshes into yeah. the Blade movies. Um, and then Ice Cube uh, is in this movie. Uh, he uh, his very first line. I don't know if you guys noticed. Sure yeah, I have a note of this. Yeah, is today is a good day, which is fun. I'm that, fine yeah. with that. That's fun. And the other fun trivia fact, which I'm sure you all saw too, is you know there's there's that scene. Jonathan Hyde inexplicably feels like if he's not on camera, he should be taking like uh, chipping shots into a into a net. Yeah, uh, so and he he can't time. handle the fact that uh, Ice Cube is listening to a song on the boombox, which coincidentally is a song that he wrote. Yeah. yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, so we have Jonathan Hyde um, as Warren Restridge, which is just like your, you know, he's the on-air talent, so he's the, he's the ri- he starts he's, off. He's the rich dandy. Yep, but he becomes pretty useful as the movie goes on. Yeah, and he, you know, he, him and Ice Cube have a rapport that I actually enjoyed by the end. Yeah, me too. And then we, we mentioned uh, Carrie Wurr as Denise, who's, uh, her, has, she has a relationship with Gary, who's played by Owen Wilson. Guys, Owen Wilson, when you bring up, like, voices I enjoy hearing in movies, Owen Wilson's high up there for Oh, yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Every time time a line of dialogue comes from Owen Wilson, I'm I'm pleased. Eli Cash, I need more Eli Cash in my life. Anything in Zoolander, then Owen Wilson speaks. Yeah. Um, So is... Obviously, this is before he's a household name. Is this the same year as Bottle Rocket, or was that a year earlier? I think it was Bottle a year Rocket, earlier, but this is his early. only, this is his second credited movie role. Yeah, so it's funny how of the people in this movie, obviously, J-Lo is a huge star. But after that, like, Owen Wilson is probably the second most famous person. Yeah, and I mean, he's I not, have... And Sorry. he's not even in the opening credit crawl. 
I have down in my notes here, I think as when this movie comes out, except for John Voight, Ice Cube probably has the best film resume because, you know, he had yeah. done Boys in the Hood and yep. Friday, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. So he I mean, was, he's to the to the audience. This is marketed at. He is the biggest star. I mean, obviously, you have John Voight, but, you know, no one, you know, unless you were born like uh, 1960 at this point, like. You know, no one is really thinking of John Voight as a big marquee draw for a summer movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, like John Voight is, you know, he's great in, especially early in his career in his movies. But no one, no one in 1997 is like, oh, you're gonna go see the new John Voight movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, you want to go to a movie? Ah, uh, who's that? John Voight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh go. wow, I didn't know he had a new one coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you have, uh. uh Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Oh boy. Oh. Who the the rejected Marty McFly who spends this movie mostly in bed. He Who is, is this? Uh wrong, prank caller, prank caller. Don't call here again. <laughs> A magic marker. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think most people just know him in his little scene in Pulp Fiction. And he is awesome in that scene in Pulp Fiction. I he yeah. he pops up in a lot of stuff, but uh I mean, he. I don't know anything about him. Maybe he's a perfectly nice guy, but uh, no, uh, kind of like uh, John Voight, you don't go see a movie because Eric Stoltz is in it. I think based on what I've heard about Back to the Future, I think that movie sort of tanked him because I think he got labeled in Hollywood as an actor who's really difficult to work with. Like he was on the set and they were like, you know, this is a fun movie. This is a comedy, right? And he's like, no, no, my Marty McFly is dark. Yeah, the way I've always heard it, and uh, obviously, like, later on, I'm sure they want to make themselves um, look good, is that uh, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale, they always said, it's like, it's not your fault, it's our fault, which is almost kind of, it's kind of the, it's not you, it's me thing, but but one thing that's nice is they've said, they're like, we're never going to release the footage, We, we don't want that out there, which is, and they've... Uh, like they show like some clip like one or two seconds of just him and there's like stills and things but that footage is locked away and they've said no we're not going to release that it would just be a big pain for Eric Stoltz and it would be humiliating so I do I do I, think it must that's be, it must be tough because well, as you guys know I'm a Tom Selleck as a Indiana Jones fan and that footage is out yeah well, Tom well it, Selleck, like that's what, a screen what, test, though, isn't it? It's not. They didn't start. A test. They didn't yeah, start it, the movie. They didn't and fire, fire Tom. Se- yeah, like that's he turned point. it down. That's the different thing. And yeah. Tom Selleck, you know, things worked out fine for him. Yeah, that's true. He didn't that's get. True. Yeah, he. Do you know why he he couldn't do it? Because he was on a fabulously successful TV show. <laughs> this this movie is kind of a microcosm to Eric Stoltz's career. It seems like he's going to be a big deal early on. Yeah, and then. And then yeah. you kind of forget about him, and then you're like, oh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. I, all right, Eric, I've got a picture for you. Th- this is your agent, by the way. I know I don't call you very often. Okay? <laughs> Eric, you there? Yeah. You're there, yeah, Eric? What's okay. Up? Yeah, yeah, right. no, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm just, uh, just doing theater right now. But, yeah, I'm all for pictures. Okay, so uh, you've got an offer. You don't even have to audition for this. Oh, super. All right, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a monster movie, Okay. Okay. So right. it's going to be okay. set in the jungle. Have you seen um, Out of Africa? Yes, I have seen so Out of Africa. It, it, like picture. that, you're going to be you're going to be on a boat. The small ensemble cast, 
beautiful Anyone women. Anyone I would know. Um, you know, no. Well, Oscar um, winner John Voight. Oh, Oscar I mean. winner John Voight. <laughs> and in terms, of, I thought you meant with the beautiful women of uh, this up and coming, just gorgeous superstar Jennifer Lopez. Okay. You are sort of in, you are nominally in charge of this expedition. You are the lead man. <gasps> Over John Voight. Yeah. Well, here's that's <laughs> that's what's funny about it, Eric. You're gonna get kind of not quite top billing, but you're gonna be you know opening credits guy here. Uh huh. Uh-huh. When John Voight shows up, um, you're basically going to spend, spend the rest of the movie in a coma. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What happened? Did John Voight attack me? Well, what, what did, that's not really important. The thing is, they did promise <laughs> that they'll cut to you on screen every, 20, every 15, 20 minutes to remind the audience that you're in the movie. Does Do that work for you? When I'm in the, when I'm no, you're not going to. You can't talk because you had a tracheotomy. <laughs> <laughs> From John Voight. <laughs> <laughs> like I was I'm, laughing so hard. He's like, just it's it's it's. I swear it must have been his agent. Like he'll do it, but you need to cut to him every fifteen minutes so the audience remembers that he's on the boat. I mean, he does he does come up later yeah. on. He does save uh, but, the day later, and that's probably the real reason why they keep cutting to him. But but it just I thought it was so funny because he actually I don't think I think he's just fine. He has a I don't want to say his great chemistry with J Lo, but. I think it's because, like, it's just so clearly, like, she's not what in his league. What color is his hair? Is Eric Stoltz a redhead? Is that the problem? Uh, he's kind of got a Caruso thing going on with the I hair know, color. You can't do. Yeah. We've talked about that. You can't You can't have a, a redheaded male lead work. But, but I, I just kept laughing harder and harder. It's like, I was like, is he going to be in that bed for the whole rest of the movie? <laughs> I... Maybe it's what we what call it's what we call a boxing Helena type situation. <laughs> oh, boy, well, she can Maybe. still talk. She has much more screen time in that movie than he does in this. It, it is funny because the boat is getting wrecked by all sorts of things. Anaconda things are falling on it, and you like you do literally forget that character is like recovering, and they'll just cut, you know, and it'll just be like this like bed with a nice little mosquito sheet on it, and you're <laughs> like, oh man, I keep, I literally every time it, I forget he's in the movie. <laughs> Do you think that it was actually uh, a similar to Back to the Future situation, but they felt bad? It's like oh, we don't want to fire him from another movie. How about this? Change the character so he's in a coma for like two thirds of the movie. <laughs> so I now I believe this. Ice Cube was originally going to be wasped. He was one who's going to have the wasp uh, or hornet or whatever it was that inside his tube and kill him or get, you know nearly kill him. And they maybe they decided to switch it. They're like, no, no, let's do it to Eric Stoltz. One thing that I legit enjoyed about this movie is uh, the the two people who survive are both people of color. Yeah, which is pretty rare in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, God, Ice Cube's going to be the first guy to die. Yeah. yeah but he, um, he's a badass in this movie. Yeah. So, Rob, here's another theory based on some of the trivia from this movie. I, I read in the IMDb, it says here, the Amazonian, the Amazonian film shoot was occasionally disrupted by the fact that several cast members were deathly afraid of, wait for it, snakes. Oh, so maybe geez. that's the thing. They hired him on, and they didn't tell him the title of the movie. And then he realized the only scenes he could be in were ones where he was in a tiny room with no snakes. He thought it was going to be an Amazonian drama about a woman named Anconda. <laughs> 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 he was really excited with the Anconda movie. Uh... An Aconda. <laughs> <laughs> 
that if I ever have to have a fake name to check into a hotel, it's either going to be it's I'm going to be Tom Stone as we talked about for Tombstone, and it, uh, my wife will be Anne Conda. It's perfect. <laughs> or Anaconda that works too, I guess. But uh, like Anne, you know, so obvious. So I just want to. I went to IMDb to look at Eric Stoltz, and you know how they now have the four. I think most popular or known for. Mm-hmm. So just running through this, number one is obviously Pulp Fiction. Uh, number two, something that I think is going to uh, be relevant to our show in the future uh, mm-hmm. is Mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after that, number three is The Butterfly Effect. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, then some kind of wonderful, which I've I, never seen, but that's a, that was a that was a hit, right? Yeah, but I don't think he's. I'm not he's sure. If, this, that's him on the box stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like that was the then, movie. That was that was the Brat Pack movie that should have launched him into stardom, but it did, but did not. Um, yeah. But yeah, after Pulp Fiction and Mask, things get uh, pretty wonky <laughs> in terms of a career. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, Eric Stoltz, if you're listening, I uh, really enjoyed you in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So, um, I've got no beef with you, bro. Yeah, I don't either, Eric. You can come on the show. <laughs> when we come talk about come on our mask episode and, yeah. s- and tell Peter Bogdanovich stories. He, he's at least the ninth most impressive person in that movie, according to the box. He gets billed on that movie box below the woman who plays Bruce Willis's girlfriend. In, really? In, yes. What, oh, no, in the, what movie? In Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fic- oh, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The woman yeah. who's just there to, like, have an awkward accent? <laughs> yeah. Joe's favorite character oh, in cinema like, No one likes that, those scenes <laughs> or that character. Don't put that on me. No one does. <laughs> who's Chopper? Oh, oh God. I want, I, pot, I want the pot. A pot-bellied pig. Oh, God. It's not about a pot-bellied pig. It's not a pot belly pig dog. I thought there was something about there's a pot belly pig. No, she calls no, it, she, she wants a pot to belly. get pregnant, or she wants a pot belly. She oh, wants a right. pot. She wants a pot belly pig. <laughs> I would it like that as, scene more. It makes as much sense. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is there anything else you want to add about um, this cast? Or the other thing I want to move into is the, we kind of talked about already, but the snake tech, the... Uh, the you know the animatronic snake the the CGI snake the uh, I guess there are real snakes it's, for a while it's at o- point. it's overall uh, it's good snake tech it's uh, it's a good monster I enjoyed it yeah it's a, it's a it's a I don't know I just think it's a real a real fun solid creature film and I know that um, you know sometimes we like to um, bring up old Roger Ebert reviews and I don't know which one of you Joe or Duff sent me the I think it was Joe yeah. Joe that Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars oh he, I've got that I've got that in my on. notes too oh my yeah. gosh this uh, this Roger Ebert review so is this the best time to talk about this now this yeah, this, this Roger Ebert review sounds a lot like the review you put on your website or in your newspaper column when you've sent your intern to go watch the movie and just told them to come back with notes because <laughs> I don't know what movie he was watching um, can I read a little bit from this review? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm just going to read mostly from the opening paragraph. It says here, the inf- uh, this information is included in the opening titles of Anaconda, and as the words rolled across the screen, I heard a chuckle in the theater. It came from me. I sensed with a deep certainty that before the movie was over, I would see an anaconda regurgitate its prey. Human prey, preferably. <laughs> I love it. I yep. love it. 
I mean, he's right. You know, I I thought the same thing. I want I want to see a big. Listen, if you're gonna promise me a big snake and it's gonna be attacking, and at the beginning you say it throws things up, I better see it throw something up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but all right. So I have to read just a little bit more. Chekhov's regurgitation. It says here. <laughs> The acting is also crucial. Director Luis Losa, whose Sniper was another good thriller set in the jungle. Do we agree with that? I, I don't, I did, I've never I've even never seen, seen that Snape. movie. I, I saw it when I was a kid when it came out and I liked it, but that was, you know, I was a teenager or Ten. a preteen, you know, so, yeah. All right, last thing from this review. Voight's River Rat is always on the delectable edge of overacting. That checks out. Now, this is, the, this is the line I cannot get over. And his final scene, which he plays with a wink, will be remembered whenever great movie exits are treasured. I, I'm, I'm, I would say it's a top ten movie exit now. I'm with yeah. Roger. I don't think we've talked about that enough. He has swallowed Hull into yep. a throat cam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he's, the snake vomits him up, and he's covered in just sort of like white bile. He looks like that guy in RoboCop who gets covered in nuclear waste. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like like they let Ridley Scott direct one brief scene in this movie, and Ridley's <laughs> immediately like cover him in white stuff, and uh, then he just looks at J Lo and winks and falls over dead. I I want to die in real life that way. I mean, that's I'm gonna how say I want to go. I'm gonna say this, Roger. And I don't I don't want to I don't want to spur any arguments. I feel like. But I'm just going to – this is my take. Roger, we're going to talk about it at the end, but you have a podcast about Roadhouse, right? Still do, yes. And oh, we're I, thought actually, I thought you were talking to Roger Ebert. Yeah, yeah. I also <laughs> thought you were talking to Roger Ebert. I was like, he's, not, he's dead, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I would put Anaconda in Roadhouse on par for how much I enjoy them. Well, They're the, similar. They, they, they live in the same parts of my brain. I'm pleased to hear you say that. Uh, I heard on one of your other episodes that you feel like it falls into that – teenage sex comedy adjacent genre which i i would agree with so yeah but just with like with, I mean, with a more with here. more roundhouse kicks yeah yeah and, and yeah anaconda's a, a drive-in movie even though those were largely extinct when this came out yeah yeah and it, it has i mean it has since kind of turned into a bit of a, a cult film yeah um which is weird it's weird like i feel like that term is overused because i mean that movie made 130 million. You know what I mean? Like worldwide. Like that's not a cult film, is it? Yeah, this uh, mo- this movie was too popular to be a cult film. A cult film has to has to land with a thud and then get rediscovered. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how no one knows what words mean anymore, and they're like calling Marvel movies cult films. Like no, no one. What? Does that. Do people say that? Yeah, go, just go online. No, I don't want to. I don't want to go online. Yeah. Our next season's about going online. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'm trying to. I know that I, you know, the people toss around cult film, and it's like, no, like, you know, Evil Dead one or two is a cult film because like no one saw it in the theater. Pink Flamingos is a cult film. Yeah, <laughs> I get the only thing sort of cultish about this one is that it got really bad reviews when it came out. Ebert aside, yeah, and then now people are sort of like have rescued it from that, but it, but. At the time, like the people liked this movie, you know, like like you yeah. said, it was a big hit. So well, not yeah. everybody liked this movie, Joe. So this movie was nominated for six Golden Razzies. That uh, that's 
The one that the one that I enjoy the most. I'm just bringing this up so I can mention this. The one that I enjoyed the most was worst screen couple for John Voight and the animatronic and Anaconda. <laughs> That's funny. You That's know, a season funny. idea would be to go through those Razzie Awards and like rank their five worst picks because they uh, get things uh, big time wrong sometimes. My my fun fact was going to be that they I think it was The Shining and Kubrick were both nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> I know that Kubrick was. Hmm. Yeah, I was just looking. Worst picture of the decade in the '90s was Showgirls. I mean, things have changed on that. Now that I, that's a cult film because yeah. that. Are you talking about for the Razzies? It was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Razzies doesn't. They don't get it. Like they yeah. don't understand intent or like the, tone. They're dumb. The, the Razzies is the the forebear to cinema sims. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess this would be our second Razzie best picture worst picture nominee this and speed 2 cruise control that we've talked about from 97 and speed 2 is way worse than this movie way it's not even close Uh, oh it's not close. so i i will amend my my statement from before the shining was not nominated for worst picture but kubrick was nominated for worst director like come on also uh i'm about to make everyone mad for this but remember i'm just the messenger so worst director Razzie nominee is 1980. Uh, De Palma, Dressed to oh, Kill. stop it. <laughs> uh, in the 80s? In the 80s? Uh, William Friedkin, Cruising, which oh. I have not seen that, but... Uh, I can't see how that could be true. Um, Gordon Willis, Windows, Nancy Walker, Can't Stop the Music. Like, all these things, I'm like, um, there's got to be worse stuff this year. <laughs> yeah, so, Duff, I'm a parent of two boys, and this you know, this is what we call attention-seeking behavior. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's... Oh, and that's, that's perfect. Re- that's really what... It, and that's what CinemaSense is, too. It's just... It's trolling. It's just... It's like, oh, we're going to, you know... And maybe it's not their best work, but we're just going to put some legitimate artists in this worst director category. Meanwhile, like if you look at the worst picture, you have like Friday the 13th and you don't have the director for that. Yeah. Which is also a weird choice. They said Friday the 13th was the worst movie. It was a nominee. The worst picture of what? the first is Can't Stop the Music, which I don't know what this is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. They couldn't stop it. But my one of my- Sorry, again. No, um, but one of the nominees for Worst Picture is Friday the 13th, which is not a great movie. Um, no, but, I, but I mean, Sean, I think it's Sean Cunningham is a much better pick for Worst Director than uh, William Friedkin, Brian De Palma, or Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Um, My favorite Golden Razzies moment, and we don't have to talk about this too much longer, is when Halle Berry attended to accept her award from Catwoman, holding the Oscar she had won the previous night for Monsters Ball. Have any of, yeah. have any of you ever watched that acceptance speech? I've, no, read, I've never. I've seen pictures of it. You, you yeah. should you should go watch and listen to the audio from the Golden Razzie speech. She's someone who actually gets it, and it's very yeah. enjoyable. She Fun. did she bring the uh, the stub for the check she got for Catwoman? <laughs> Fun fact, Duff and I went and saw Catwoman in the theater together. Yep. Yes, we did. With one lonely woman. With, one lonely woman. Yeah. <laughs> man, if we could, I'd like to know how she ended up. I don't know. Uh, who We literally said, is it okay if we laughed during this movie? And she said yes. Yeah. And then and she sat near us and then told us about how her date set her up. And then she got mad and left. Yeah. And, and yeah, to clarify, we didn't go to the movie with this person. No. It was... <laughs> 
Rob and I went to the theater and we're like, we're the only ones here. This is kind of cool. We can just talk about Catwoman. And then one other person came and decided they were going to sit right next to us. And tell us about <laughs> how they got dumped or, or dated. They were, stu- they were stood up and were like, oh, well, we just kind of wanted to goof on this movie. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And like five minutes into the movie got mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to mention someone in this movie because we're going to talk about, we've mentioned Jaws. Uh, the cinematographer on this movie is Bill Butler. I went on a Bill Butler dive, guys. <laughs> um, he was also the cinematographer on Jaws. Oh, really? Yep. Maybe that's did, why it reminded me of it so much. It, he did second unit on Deliverance in The Godfather in the conversation. He um, turned down Apocalypse Now, which makes sense. Um, and uh, Haskell Wexler was a cinematographer originally on One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. He got fired, and Bill Butler came in and uh, finished that movie. There is, they both won Oscars. Wexler has claimed that, um, you know, outside of a couple minutes, he did all that movie. But, I mean, who really knows? Um, he, uh, two other fun facts about him. He was a cinematographer on the Bill Paxton's first movie he directed, Frailty, hmm. which I remember being pretty good. And even more fun... He is a hundred years old. Bill Butler is still alive. One hundred wow. years old. Good for Ebert, him. Ebert shouts him out in that review. I think actually, as oh, okay. as having strong work in that. Um, and and do you know why he lived to be a hundred? It's because he turned down Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was three pounds less cocaine that went into yeah, his body. Yeah, you know, ordinarily it's like, oh, you could have. I mean, you just, you know, you read off a, who, a who's who of directors and, you know, best picture winners and whatnot. So it's, yeah. he's had a fine life, but, you know, it's kind of weird to say, but man, like that was a good choice. Cause I'm sure like a coked up Francis Ford Coppola was like, all right, man, we're going to go. They say, don't film it in the jungle, but I say, screw it. Let's go to the jungle. No, let's do it. Man. No, let's I'm go good. in the jungle. Let's go in the jungle. They say, don't go in the jungle. We're going to go. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> They're like they say they say don't slaughter a cow. No, I'm gonna slaughter a cow. <laughs> That's maybe. why we came here to the Philippines so we can slaughter a cow. Yep. Maybe, it's, maybe, don't go it's, crazy. Don't go crazy, Francis. Don't go crazy. Don't be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it sounds like he had the good sense to be like, you know what? I'm gonna set this one out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna wait 20 years to do my own jungle movie. Yeah, yeah. with the animatronic snake. Yeah. Have, any, um, have any of you ever seen the documentary Hearts of Darkness? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen I, that, but I've heard it's amazing. It's I've, awesome. I've heard it's amazing, and I've just, all the stories I've read about Apocalypse Now are just, it's not, it sounds like God was just, no, I don't want this movie to be made, and Francis <laughs> Ford Coppola bested God somehow. Martin Sheen had a heart attack during the filming of oh, it. Oh, my God. Because he's smoking like 18 packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> Uh, the wasn't the set destroyed multiple times from weather. Uh, yeah. There's so many great st- stories and moments and, in that documentary. Highly and I mean, recommend it. And I mean, all of that is before you have uh, Marlon Brando showing up grossly overweight, and uh, just... not knowing any of his lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grossly overweight, for sure, man. Um, so that Joe, I know you know Joe. You like to add things on the agenda to oh, that's right. embrace debate. Yep. So we've got we have a monster pick here, and I, we had already we've already discussed this. How this is clearly, you know, just having some fun and, and following the Jaws formula, and and it's getting towards the end of the movie. And when I see like an action movie or, or something that gets me all fired up, 
Like I, I, I get crazy thoughts in my head, and I, I, uh-huh. I finished this movie as like, I bet that Anaconda could take Jaws. <laughs> I bet it could do it, and I, and I was laying, laying in bed for literally like forty five minutes, imagining how the fight would go down. I am almost forty years old, <laughs> so I wanted remember? to take this question to, to you, you three. And then, and then, actually, Duff, you added Crawl to this, but I, I have not seen Crawl. But isn't that a bunch of alligators, uh, or but is it one super alligator? It, it is. No. There's multiple alligators, multiple but alligators. but there's but it, you know, there really is one alligator that kind of in the house <laughs> at the beginning of this movie. Is it bigger uh, or smaller than the alligator in Lake Placid? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, that God, that's been... a, that's another monster well, movie. You know, if you've seen Crawl, you can weigh in. If you haven't, it's just a big gator. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do you guys remember, uh, it was when we were in college in 2004. Oh, are, you talking, uh, are you talking about Animal Face-Off? Yes. Do you yes. remember Animal Face-Off? I remember yeah. watching that with my roommates. Yep. Um, we would. I would watch this and with my roommate as well. And it would essentially, you know, tell you different facts about... Uh, different predators and then they would <laughs> kind of like the like, beginning of this movie yeah <laughs> and then which was more C- reliable do you think <laughs> this i think is more reliable the the cgi they would have cgi battles and then at the end it would tell you who would win and now, it, it was always animals that sh- uh didn't share the same climate and pr- sometimes not even the same era like it would be extinct or something and be like who would win woolly mammoth or the a rhino or something. Maybe, maybe later. I, I know at the beginning they kind of tried to keep it as real as possible. And the only reason I mention this is at 12 episodes, I have I have the, the matchups and who won. And the anaconda is in one of them, and so is a great white shark versus yeah. a crocodile. We can okay. we can say that's crawl. So okay. so now now we have the Rob, you brought the receipts, so who won? Yep. So saltwater crocodile versus great white shark. This is in Australia. Um, I would take the shark in that one. I think. I would. Yeah. I would probably guess the shark. So essentially, they they battle for a while. The crocodile attempts. I'm, I'm going through because I'm reading this whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 is this it's from some hero on Wikipedia? Yes, the oh Wikipedia my God. hero. Always. Uh, the shark cannot fight back, so the crocodile attempts another death roll. After that, they both sink, running out of air. The crocodile breaks the death roll and heads straight to the surface. The it's toast takes, now. It's toast. The shark takes advantage of it. With the crocodile's soft underbelly exposed, she comes back with a textbook attack, killing the crocodile with a powerful bite. That's how I'm going to go with my soft underbelly exposed to a predator. <laughs> Your pot belly. Yep. Uh, That's the issue also- here is, is the anaconda is a freshwater snake. So we got to ignore the salt freshwater thing here. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, we but, would have to ignore that. Also... Uh, the the verses they have on here is jaguar versus green anaconda in the Amazon rainforest, which we oh. do see in this movie. Anaconda for sure. I mean, uh, un- unless it's unless it's anaconda versus only remaining eyeball of panther. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh yeah, this, that's a yeah, great movie, bit. <laughs> jaguar. <laughs> everything gets eaten, but its eyeball like, apparently it- pops out from the pressure. Yeah, that's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, the anaconda does win. Uh, uh, yeah. In the animal face-off. So yeah, we got anaconda, 
Anaconda, Anne, you know, Anaconda. Uh, <laughs> and Anaconda is not let, winning let against real, any of these opponents. Rob. Let me be real clear here, though. I'm not talking about great white sharks in general. I'm talking about the one specifically from Jaws. It's a, this, it, and I'm talking about this specific Anaconda in Anaconda. The first Anaconda or the second Anaconda? Because we did not mention there are two giant Anacondas in this movie. Hello? Hello? Um, <laughs> you've rendered us speechless, Rob. Yeah. Uh, did you guys not realize there was two anacondas? Well, he uh, shoots that one in the head, but... And then it's a, it's a different is, one. Is it supposed end. to be a different one? It has to be, because he shoots the other one in the head. I, like I just she... thought it was a super anaconda, and it yeah. healed it. No, I mean, it's a no. It's a it's a second anaconda. You can't have uh, two anacondas. I don't think it there's was two I've, anacondas. Look, this movie isn't right. going for realism. I thought Roger, it was just the same anaconda. Is there two anacondas? Well, there's one that comes out of the smokestack in a fiery inferno. That's the second anaconda. <laughs> no, that's the first anaconda. The second anaconda is the one that gets impaled in the head with an axe yeah. by Ice Cube. So, was there three anacondas? So I. <laughs> Well, I'm, Rob, I'm, technically there are many more of them because there's this nest of baby anacondas that's discovered by J-Lo as she's attempting to make her yeah. escape. But, oh, but J-Lo right. shoots one in the head twice. And we see that anaconda later. It does not have bullet holes. Because it shed its skin. It shed its skin. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the reason there was just stunned silence is this never entered my head. I always thought it was just supposed to be it, one super anaconda. It entered my head anaconda. while I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I thought, I was like, God, oh, healed those bullet wounds pretty quickly, but I never really, like. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just I thought just it was like. like oh, it shedded its skin. I mean, in Jaws, they shoot the shark a bunch and put three harpoons in it, and it's still going until it's blowing yep. up with the helium tank. There's Good point. two Amazon. There's two anacondas. There's two big anacondas. I don't. I don't think. I don't know that this is certified canon knowledge here, but uh, Rob, <laughs> it's, it's this right. is Rob's it's, claim, it, and we'll. Allow all right, it. Eric Stoltz, if you're listening, I'm, could you just let I, us know? I'm gonna need how a, many anacondas were an anaconda. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to do uh, some shot breakdowns and some storyboarding to prove your case. Did you know there's a scene famously in this movie where they reverse they reverse the image of the boat uh, backing up, I think, and so in the background you can see the waterfall going backwards. Oh, really? That's cool. I didn't notice. I didn't even notice it. Good for them. Uh, okay, so but anaconda. Let's just let's getting... just say that's the final anaconda versus versus the shark and jaws. I would take okay. the shark as well. Um, I mean, I, between the anaconda and the alligator or crocodile, I think don't think there's any question there. But then the problem is, an anaconda once it eats a crocodile. It's not going to move for like weeks. That thing is dead in the water. Well, not 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 these anacondas. These anacondas eat people and keep it'll, going. It'll kill it and puke it till it does a little wink. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it'll I, move on with a shark. I just like, think it, are, is this sort of like a one-on-one and one thing where it's all one at a time or is it this a battle royale? <laughs> Like no, no this is match. this is we we drop we drop an anaconda and we drop the <laughs> the, the great white shark in Sea World and they're alone in one of those tanks and you know we only open the door so, and there's one left. It, it, but is the croc is the alligator also in the tank? No, the alligator isn't. The sorry, crawl. He, you don't make it. He his he was his underbelly was exposed and he okay. uh, he got yep. eaten by the he shark. got eaten by the first anaconda. So <laughs> I I spent like a half hour before this podcast began watching uh nat geo clips of anacondas just like impa- you, in, in rob's words you did a little research yeah um 
And I think I would give it to the anaconda because the anaconda lies in wait and then it just it coils around you. And I think that it could coil around the shark and, and squeeze the life out of him. It just feels like shark swim. skin and bones just seem so strong. And a shark can swim 30 miles per hour, man. That shark is going to break any anaconda hold. I don't I've, think it could. I think once the anaconda gets on that shark. Have you ever felt shark skin? Uh, no. Pr- I, I, maybe? I, I don't know. I, I, I touched a shark once, and it, it's got very. Maybe they're not all the same, but the, it's in this. Obviously, it was not a great white shark. It's a nurse shark. It's very sandpapery. It's got a real good grip to it. I think oh. that helps the anaconda. It can't. It's not going to slide off. Plus, you have that dorsal fin. Yeah, but the shark is so powerful in the water. It's gonna. It's gonna just break through with its. With its I mean, the, ana- the anaconda is powerful as well. Yeah, and what if the anaconda gets its coils around those gills? Okay, so hold on a sec. This this shark has a mouth large enough to swallow Robert Shaw whole. (laughs) And we're imagining that somehow the jaws of the anaconda are going to somehow detach and get itself around that shark? It it, it just needs to kill it. It doesn't need to eat it. it. That is true. That's fair. And the anaconda, yeah, it just just needs to stun it or distract it long enough so that it can wrap around it and squeeze the life out of it. We, We talked about this already. (laughs) <laughs> the shark wins. You know why? You know why, guys? Why? why? You ever you ever notice a shark butt? <laughs> Do you ever notice it? No. Well, uh, you know what did Sir Mixlot say? <laughs> what did he say? The anaconda don't want none. Yep, unless it's got buns, hun. <laughs> <laughs> and sharks don't. Great white sharks don't have butts, so anaconda would would lose. Well. But it's got something akin to a whale tail. And... <laughs> good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Good yeah. good rebuttal, Joe. Yeah. My <laughs> little tease. My anaconda don't eat whale unless you've got a big tail. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So we got okay, so 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 Roger and I are on team shark here. Yep. And I, Joe I'm and Duff are on the anaconda. Yeah. This specific like, anaconda, which may actually be three different anacondas, we will we will have to put a poll up on Facebook to find out the real and answer. Much like I think Roger mentioned this earlier, and much like Jaws, this anaconda is probably like ten to fifteen feet longer than the biggest anaconda, and also probably three thousand times as fast. Yeah, like, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like anacondas are not particularly quick creatures. Well, this has like the speed of a cobra. So they are, I don't know if they're as fast as this movie, Anaconda, but they once they're in the water, man, they oh, move. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that's, um, and that's where it would be engaged in this battle. Yeah. Um, mm. I, watched, I watched a clip where an anaconda devours the internet's favorite animal, the capybara. Oh, man, that was oh. unpleasant. Mm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want to see that. Well, um... Wait, there's no way to know, I guess. Yep. Unless we'll have to leave it up to the listeners to decide. Uh, it, Roger, is there anything else you want to talk about before um, before we kind of move on to, to what's what's coming up next? No, uh, the only thing I have in my notes we haven't talked about is the tagline for this movie. Do you guys ever do taglines, like the stuff that they sort of 
fill in there. The the tagline for this movie is when you can't breathe, you can't scream. Oh, that's good. That's a good that's one. That's fantastic. That's similar to Alien, though, isn't it? Uh, well, in space, nobody can hear you scream. I, I think yeah. it's different enough where it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it makes sense and it's clever. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm in good poster too with the anaconda eyes. Yeah. Well, Roger, why don't you let our listeners know where they can hear more from you? Well, thanks, Rob. Uh, so I've had the good fortune of having you all come on. Our podcast, which is uh, Roadhouse Minute, where we unpack, uh, can never do it the justice that you all did with Tombstone and Titanic, but we're tackling the 1989 action classic Roadhouse, uh, and we've just gone live as of this recording, so there's uh, a couple of episodes out now, and one can only hope, uh, this is good timing for us, one can only hope that, that your legions of fans will somehow flock and maybe double our subscriber numbers to like 20. Yeah, like I said, we're, you know, uh, it's, it'll be a while till we come on, but, you know, we're on there for a little bit. And, and Get the, you, mid, the Midnight Boys bump. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Duff, you know, what, what's, what, we got a new season coming up, right? What, what are we, we going to do? Uh, it's, it's our magnum opus. It's about being online. <laughs> it's uh, online. Uh, just, it's just all been bit, building up to this. Yep, it's... Uh, it's about uh, the 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 portrayal of the internet in movies, uh, and we'll we'll kick it off with uh, war games, uh, which is kind of the 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 pre World Wide Web internet when everything was just like the military and uh, universities hooked up to one another, and then we'll get into stuff. Uh, I believe we let's see we have stuff like Enemy of the State, You've Got Mail. Uh, and uh, I can't believe that I forgot about, but Rob brought up uh, Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> Duff, uh, don't, don't sleep. If, if you thought Speed to Cruise Control was great, I cannot wait for you all to review the other Sandra Bullock vehicle, the Net. Yeah, I. That's on the list, I think. Yeah, the the thing is, there's a lot of movies that I would have been really fun, but we had to narrow it down. Um, but I think we're gonna let people vote on the Patreon movie for february of 2022 uh um, no this will go this isn't just a yeah we, for our, our february one we want people to help us decide uh the next uh next episode between sneakers hackers and black cat so, yeah uh it's for the sheba pit people yep. let's um, get my, my let's get my man heads out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah man army uh, rise up mike and uh, that's Ma- michael man i'm referring yep. to and uh, if you want, if you're interested in voting or listening to other episodes like this, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash the midnight boys, $2 a month. Uh, you can get all access to everything. $6 a month. You can, uh, you can, you know, vote. And uh, help us pick stuff. I, I'd be lying if I, if I said I, I wasn't rooting for uh, Thor as a computer hacker to win and take, take our, uh, our attention. But uh, sneakers would be fun. I've always heard that's a legit good movie. Sneakers uh, is a fantastic movie. I've already voted for that. It, <laughs> if for no other reason, you get to see Dan Aykroyd play pretty much the same conspiracy theorist that it seems like he is in real life. That he turned into. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Roger, I want to thank you again for... Um, I, I truly, truly, truly enjoyed Anaconda. It was oh, a blind so spot awesome, for me. man. Oh, well, and, I want to uh, thank you guys. This has uh, wildly exceeded my expectations to to just come on and record with you guys again one more time. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, and like I said, listeners, be, you know it's going to be a little while. We gotta 
we got to go online. We got to do our research, do a little research, watch these movies. But, uh, you know, the next uh, month or so, we should probably start leaking out episodes for uh, going online. (laughs) 